0: The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey
1: everyone, this is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. Um, Look, my next guest, uh, I'm very excited to have this chat with him. He's uh, he's done a lot and not so long of a period of time. Uh, He's done it very quickly. Um, He spent the last 10 years working in the regulated... Uh, He's been in recreational cannabis and he's grown a small startup into a cannabis brand house, expected to sell more than... $70 $70 million in consumer products, cannabis related products in 2021. That's that's right now. I want you all to welcome to our show, uh, to Plant Profits, uh, Mr. Colin Landforce. He is the CTO or chief technology officer at Unrivaled Brands. Colin, how are you, man?
2: I'm doing so well. thanks a ton for having me, Vern.
1: My pleasure, our pleasure. we've We've been looking forward to this day to 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 chat with you and and uh, really just really kind of dive into your journey, man, and to really kind of understand the steps you took personally, professionally to get to where you are now at unrivaled and And uh, I think that'll be a nice chat, nice conversation for everybody to. To take part in, uh, so kind of tell me, man, where did where did it all start for you? Where did you grow up? Are you, you know, you're in the up there in the Pacific Northwest? Is that where it all happened?
2: Yes, absolutely, West Coast, Best Coast. I'm based in Portland. I grew okay. up about 90 miles south. If anybody's familiar with uh, Pac-12 football, yeah, or basketball, uh, Oregon State. Uh, I yeah. grew up in Corvallis. So, so you um, grew
1: up in Corvallis?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go Beavs! That's not a very popular thing to say. You know, the popular team out here is is the Ducks, which is about forty five minutes south, and uh, we're we're heavily at odds with with those folks.
1: Hey, wait, wait a minute! There's some kind of war. What, what's the, what what is the name of that that uh, that game? What's it called?
2: Well, it, it's called the Civil War, which but, yeah. has been which has been hotly contested in recent years. Uh, yeah, we're we're in the it's bizarre. We're in the grass seed capital of the world over here. So there's yeah. been talk of renaming it the Turf War, which Oregon State is. Yeah, absolutely. My my uh, mom and dad both went to Oregon State and okay. I spent way too much time there. I was I was a townie in college. I went okay. to college there as well. And yeah. Then, and then came up to the big city, as they say. Yeah.
1: Just just 90 minutes north. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's cool, man. So um, and, and so it was just preordained that you would end up going to Oregon State. I mean, that's that's all you saw. That's all you knew. you were a brainwashed kid, or or did you look at other places? I mean, what were your interests at the time? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think there's an ex-girlfriend involved in this story. I, I was uh, <laughs> that's always is. Man. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> going to go to Northern Arizona, uh-huh. and then uh, you know th- things changed. Plans yard, so uh, kind of that kind of fell into my lap. And you know, from a even at that point, coming out of high school, I was. Uh, pretty heavily, I was doing entrepreneurial activity in Corvallis, and so okay. it, you know, it just kind of folded into the college version of that, uh, and then ultimately grew out of that. I think a lot of people share the common story of, you know, DJ promoter, party yeah. thrower, entrepreneur. Yeah, and that's that was definitely the that was part of my journey as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you were DJing in high school, doing
2: everything. Yep. The origin story, I haven't got a got a chance to talk about this on any pods, but right, now uh,
1: you have it, brother. Yeah
2: the origin story is our high school canceled, uh, canceled dances. And we were like, well, somebody has got to do this. That's great. That's, that's, that's,
1: that's amazing. So, so what, what about you or what about your surroundings growing up? What about your parents? What were the influencers in your, in your life that made you, I mean, you're, you're just an entrepreneur. I mean, that's who you are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, my dad is, is a, uh, you know, part of, you mentioned regulated consumer goods. Yeah. So my, the family business for a while was skincare and cosmetics. My dad yeah. is the president and CEO of a national organic skincare company until recently, actually. Okay. Um, so I was definitely around business okay. from, from the start. Um, he, he always tells me he has no idea where the, the entrepreneurial bug came from though, because he didn't have that. He was, um, Big, he big not company.
1: Have- he, he wanted yeah. the corporate life.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you
1: so non corporate.
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, I, something uh-huh. I say on, on uh, Twitter a lot is builders build. I think it's like we talk uh-huh. about passion a lot in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have particular passions besides making things, building yeah. things. And so yeah. here we are, right? There,
1: there you are, man. Any siblings come along with the riot?
2: I got a little brother. Uh huh. He's a hand, he's a handful. Uh, but yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: That's great. But now you got a family.
2: Yeah. Got a two-year-old. She'll be two and uh, three, three weeks here. It's the best. Do you thing get a ever. chance
1: to see her? Do you get a chance to see her?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I had, I had to leave her about a half hour early this morning to come do this. Um, because uh, my wife, my wife's out of town. So I had to do some swapping around, but uh, absolutely she's, she's everything. I like to, I like to make things and hang out with my kid.
1: No, that's great. That is, that is awesome. Uh, the beauty of curiosity, man, uh, it's its what makes the world go round, for sure. And uh, so let's talk about some of the things that that really got you going early in your career. Now, I mean, you know, when I look at it, did you come out of school and and, and you, or did you create the business that you went into out of school, in school? How did that work?
2: Yeah. Uh, So I think that like a lot of, Mm -hmm. I would categorize myself as a serial entrepreneur. And for a long time, I didn't know, I didn't have a place to put that energy. Right. So I turned into a marketing and growth consultant professionally. Right. So when you don't have your own thing to build, uh, you're helping other people build theirs. And so uh, that was, I was always working on side projects, but then after college, pretty quickly uh i'm i'm doing marketing uh, and then mm-hmm. like you mentioned mm-hmm. uh kind of happenstance wound up doing a lot of stuff in these kind of weird fringe industries so okay. skincare and cosmetics obviously I had a relationship there that that had me doing a lot of work in that realm Right. i, I ended up working with firearms yeah. i ended up working with drones and all why? these things have why? like why? I, why it just uh, happened i mean i i could uh-huh. also put like i could also put you know adidas and red bull on the resume right. I think yeah. it's I think for my story the the regulated uh the fringe consumer goods uh lines up much more with what I ended up doing and and what we're what we're here today talking about mm-hmm. and I think the the experience is there when you're doing uh, when you're doing these products you can't take normal channels right like okay. advertising right. is restricted that's right um every, everything about it and so as weird as it is to say you know FDA regs around cosmetics are are, are uh, similar not uh, similar is maybe not the word but there's there's a lot in common with what we deal with with compliance on cannabis mm-hmm. uh, Same same can be said for those other industries with uh, uh with drones on and so forth there's a lot more red tape than if we're selling widgets or uh, or uh, a lot of other businesses
1: yeah colin did did you find that those restrictions stimulated you yeah, it created a challenge, a wall you had to get over, through to make sure that consumers understood the product.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a playbook, mm-hmm. really, for doing a lot of products and services and, and marketing them and growing them. And when you, you know, out of the gate, your uh, your foundation is great. You can't do that. You yeah. you you get creative very 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 quickly.
1: Yeah, and uh, but you know, you take Adidas, right, uh, or or. Red Bull there's 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 always some issues around uh, stimulants but um you know you take adidas that's just a global uh, brand or uh, that you know that you got involved with or um you know what you did you like it or was it too big or was it already done in your mind? what was your thoughts when you were working on a brand like that?
2: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, scale presents all kinds of different opportunities. So, okay. uh, the core of what I did with Adidas, I worked on their NBA Euro camp. Uh, okay. I think the highlight of that was going to Euro camp, uh, you know, spending a couple of <laughs> weeks, uh, in Italy.
0: Um, yeah.
2: but I, like, I don't know, coming back to, I just, I love building. I love creating. Yeah. So all these things are different mediums, different products. I, I kind of love it all to a downfall. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kind of where i come back at the end of the day i love like tactically you know piecing together consumer product the components uh all, all the moving parts around that is really i think what's what's most interesting to me and so yeah, that, could, very that, good. Could, that could be a shoe that could be a, a joint whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah no and, and and you're absolutely right and and th- that's the kind of uh firepower mentality and uh brain power that that we really need in the in the, the cannabis space we're going to take a break. And we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna dive into some of the things that you did leading up to this, and uh, that'll be uh, great for the show. Uh, and look, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. I'm here today uh, with Colin Landforce. Colin is the Chief Technology Officer of, of a great company that's gone through some changes and evolution in itself, unrivaled brands, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Sugis infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is fueled by ProTus Global. Hey, our guest today is is Colin Landforce, and he's the Chief Technology Officer at a cool company that we're going to dive into here. Unrivaled Brands. Now, Colin, when I look at your background, you know you took some steps up until the last five years before you got into cannabis, right? You had your you know, the land force media business, right? And you, you did that and that's that's when it looks like you got into the MBA EuroCamp and did some of that that branding with Adidas, uh, et cetera. Then how did you get into 3D robotics? What, tell me about that and, and what, what do you got out of that and why did you move to that?
2: Yeah, consumer electronics is a, a crazy okay. space. So it, it all kind of ties into that, right? I was doing growth and marketing for okay. several brands one of them at that time happened to be 3D Robotics okay. uh, through a, through a long time relationship and part of my evolution was uh, you know I go from touching 10 things at a time managing clients to say hey let's let's just go buckle down and focus and do that so 3D Robotics actually just recently sold um and and has long since pivoted into enterprise uh, enterprise autonomous flight so mm-hmm. totally different space in this time uh, 3d robotics was a diy uh, drone company so okay. parts and kits to build your own drones yeah. and we we created a consumer electronics like a, a drone you'd go buy at best buy if, yeah. if anybody's familiar with drones you've probably seen the white dji phantoms like it's the the dji phantom is like synonymous for drone in a lot of people's minds and so we we had a product called solo and we were we were going after dji who's the the chinese superpower in the in the space thoroughly really the apple in the space. Okay. Um, so, uh, we, we took that, that company from being really a DIY, you know, sold in 25 hobby shops to great mm-hmm. launch it into best buys and Ralph's and, and 2200 ish, uh, retailers globally. Wow. And, uh, uh, the rest is history as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: no, that's, that's, uh, that, that's great. And then, then, you know, at some point there, you, how did cannabis come into being as a, as an opportunity to you?
2: Yeah, well, being on the West Coast, you know, I think yeah. cannabis, both Oregon and, and California, was decriminalized I, 24, don't quote me, 24 years ago, 25 years ago at this point. So um, I've been around... Uh, as, a, as a high schooler, I've been around yeah. cannabis like, like a lot of folks, but yeah. then uh, was around it more in depth uh, after that as well, right? We have medical programs okay. um, uh, around, uh, I had a small medical grow just around mm-hmm. it in general a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when I first started dabbling, you know, five years ago in terms of uh, consumer packaged goods and really professionally, I had this moment when I was in a lab and Jack Rare is my favorite, favorite strain Okay. Um, I, I love, I love Jack. I love hazes. I, I, I really love the, the Terps on a lot of uh, a lot of sativa classic sativa strains. And so I'm in a yeah. lab uh, we're looking at extracts and, and shatters and the guy hands me this little tiny vial. Um, mm-hmm. And he says here, these are the Terps extracted from some Jack. And obviously I'm, I've always been, you know, like, weed smells amazing. I mm-hmm. open this vial and it is like, you get slapped in the face with Jack Herrera and, and it, and we're talking like a couple of droplets of a clear compound in this vial. And I, and it it was just like a light bulb. It was like, Holy smokes. Like uh, I don't know. It was definitely like a light bulb going off moment just for like uh, how incredible everything going on uh, in, in, in the plant and in the flower and in the product is Uh, you know, that in that moment, it definitely transformed from weed to, Whoa, there's a lot going on here and a lot to explore. And so uh from there uh onward and and like I said, it very quickly moved into consumer package goods, which I think largely is the the future of the industry. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now and, and, and so you got involved with um, I guess initially, uh with you know, without any, you know, really other interesting way of, of presenting it. Story
2: is- is uh, we built a network with flour, like bulk okay. flour, right? Okay. Uh, flipping packs, as, mm-hmm. as one would say. Mm-hmm. And the, the plan was always do products. Um, and, and so we built the network with, with flour that was easily accessible, that didn't have any manufacturing involved, knowing right. that if we had a network of of friends that we're selling to, <laughs> we can then go and, and create products and backfill into that. And, right. and so the, the first and most obvious one was a joint. I think there's a couple of reasons behind that. One is it's a simple product to execute. Mm-hmm. The other is especially four or five, you go into a store, you buy a joint, it's a total coin toss if it's going to be decent and smokable, right? Um, be- that is true. That right? is absolutely. So we, we started there and we took a very systematic approach to it. We, we imported a hop milling machine from Germany. This okay. allows us to dial in particle size and right out of the gate, we're A-B testing particle size with density, um, and in and, and using some of the typical tools for these things, but really taking it far above and beyond, I think a, a core tenant for us product wise is consistency. Okay. And so if, if you're going to make a consistent joint that smokes the same, whether you buy it in Portland mm-hmm. or whether you buy it in Central Oregon or whether you buy mm-hmm. it in San Diego, then you got to have things like the particle size have to be the same every time and the mm-hmm. density of the pack has to be the same every time. And so that that was the beginning of the consumer packaged goods journey for us. And Yeah, uh, well, that's
1: with, one of the first tenets of a brand.
2: Yeah, it's got to be
1: the same. It has to have yeah. an identity. It's got to be, you, you have to be able as a consumer, depend on it to be the same.
2: Yep. And in cannabis, that's super fragmented right now. I was just yeah. recently talking with somebody yeah. who's the, the uh, somebody related to an Oregon licensee for a Colorado brand. And they were pointing out that they're not even doing the same type of extraction in Oregon as, as they do in Colorado, where the brand started, which is, uh, you know, we can get away with these kinds of things in a pre in a early, uh, very, yeah. very uh,
1: legal state. I mean, yeah. pre, you know, yeah. national, you exactly. know, where, where the, the uh, there's not that much intrusion into the business uh, from standard consumer product goods companies.
2: Yep, exactly. Right. And in an immature industry, I think you can get yeah. away with it. Uh, yeah. A lot of A lot of backyard science yeah. still flies and but particularly has flown in the past and going forward, it's all, you know, the, we're not making much up, right? It's consumer packaged goods. And yeah. like you said, the the core of that is consistency for the- It, it, is, the,
1: it is the core. Does that frustrate you that that people are just, some, some companies are dragging their feet and they're just trying to collect the cash instead of building the industry? I,
2: I think that it's really just a hallmark of an immature industry here. Um, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that it frustrates me. I think it, it presents an opportunity. There, there's so many moving parts in this and i think that there's been a lot of business done that way the big in the big picture business will not be done that way if you go to the grocery store uh and you're buying a box of Cheez-Its, uh you know it, it's probably a consistent product and so that kind of stuff will weed itself out will will weed itself out uh, eventually uh, pretty organically i think
1: mm-hmm. so we were talking about big brands do you do you see that happening in the cannabis arena uh yeah really having brands that consumers uh can depend on that they know you know and um you know that they can find it
2: right i think i think we're at the very beginnings of 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 that um it's going to be hard until there's federal legalization um because consumers in so many states are pretty much presented with the options that are made available to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm far from the expert on, on state regs, but if you're talking about a state like Florida, where there's only so many licenses, the consumers there have like X amount of options and that's it, you know? So, so they don't even have an opportunity to, if there is that brand that is consistent across, uh, across the whole country, except for in Florida, they don't even have the opportunity to, to buy it. So I think the very beginnings of it are, hap- are happening. Um, uh, cookies is a really good example of mm-hmm. it, right? Cook- cookies is, you know, I don't know by the numbers, but if you can, if you're, if you can buy knockoff cookies in New York City, that probably is an indicator that there's a super strong national brand there. Um, yeah, and I think that yeah. there are, there are a few cases like that at this point in the industry.
1: Yeah, uh, that was, a, that's a great, great example. Hey, we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back um, with Colin Landforce and we're going to talk about Unrivaled. I'm Vern Davis and I'm your host of, of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global. We'll be right back.
0: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
1: Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
0: The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey,
1: welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today is 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 Colin Landforce. He's the Chief Technology Officer of Unrivaled Brands. So, how was Unrivaled born? Tell me about. It. Tell me the story.
2: Yeah, it's a complicated one. So, as okay. of the beginning of July, we've closed on a merger with Teratech, mm-hmm. uh, which makes us a public company. So the yeah. the ticker is U- UNRV. Yeah. Um And that nice. that That's is nice. really yeah yeah. Thank you. Um, that is really the, uh, I guess, in a lot of ways, the beginning of the next chapter, uh-huh. uh, but the, the close of several. So to this point, we've done a few rounds of MA. Uh, and okay. A. I'm, I'm part of the core coming out of Oregon, like we discussed about two years ago. We yeah. brought that together with uh, uh, the, the te- a team uh, from a brand called Krova in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all began with uh, us as the Oregon seed, Corova as the California seed, um, and then and that was, you know, for my part of that story, five years ago, Krova goes back a little bit further than that. And uh, these pieces have been coming together for years now. And and like I said, culminates in the, the merger last week, which puts us on the public arena, gives us uh, cultivation in California, more retail in California mm-hmm. and is, is far from the finish line, more so just the beginning.
1: Yeah. You what are you guys in three states now?
2: Yeah, so we have licensees in Arizona and Oklahoma, uh, okay. and then we are active in Oregon, California, and Nevada. Nevada is a partnership, so we don't we're not on the ground operating in Nevada. Okay. Um, in In Oregon and California, so we have distro and light manufacturing in Portland. We have distro in Northern uh-huh. California. We have distro and uh, light manufacturing assembly in Southern California, and okay. then retail and then retail in Southern California and Northern California.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So your retail shops, you, are are they all going to be called the spot? Uh,
2: so uh, that is to be determined. Probably, uh-huh. probably something I shouldn't comment on. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. yeah. Let's not uh, do that then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yep, yep.
1: Let's, let's, let's keep you in. Uh, let's Yeah.
2: <laughs> chop, chop, chop. Yeah. Okay. All
1: yeah. right. But retail is part of the future.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that I'm, I'm super interested in direct to consumer. So we, okay. uh, uh, we just recently announced that we're acquiring uh silver streak that is a, a large delivery platform mm-hmm. in sacramento i'm really excited about that obviously e-commerce is trending that way in general over over several years and i'm excited about the the Dtc future of cannabis yeah but i, th- I think that brick and mortar retail is a huge part of of cannabis for years and years to come mm-hmm. um, especially as education, and it is such a massive part of the buying decision and the consumer experience, um, which, which it will be, like I said, for years to come. I don't see that changing.
1: Yeah. Well, as a consumer, I'm going to, you know, uh, look to buy, you know, um, some cannabis and what do you believe? And I always ask people is what is the experience you want me to have in your outlet?
2: Yeah. In your uh, Dispensary. I think education is the core, right? Okay. Uh, I think that from a, a, a retention standpoint, right? If the consumer feels like they can come into a store and get their questions answered, uh, and they can get helped by somebody that's knowledgeable, they're probably going to come back. So, so like I said, from a marketing and, and customer retention standpoint, that is, that is the biggest piece of it, um, uh, mm-hmm. is, is being the, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, guru is not it but 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 being mm-hmm. being knowledgeable helper uh, mm-hmm. right um, if you get more into the weeds you know we, we're we looking at upsells cross sells right if you mm-hmm. come in and you're looking for a flower from brand x uh, you know how how do we add a, a pre-roll to it that mm-hmm. type of thing um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah you, you know I I think that you know if you look at some of the other regulated industries um, it would you know, and I don't know what it'll take to make this happen more frequently or ever. And that is, uh, you know, the wine industry uh, and the spirits industry has done some really cool things from an education perspective, right? So you 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 walk into the dispensary, and you know, and uh, you know, the folks that 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 make Cabana and Sticks, right, are there. and they're talking about it and they're telling you all about it and they're comparing it to other products in the store and doing those kinds of educational things on an ongoing basis i think as a consumer that's what i want to see
2: yeah absolutely and i think it's interesting to see in recent years like the development of those alcohol brands has gotten so interesting you Uh know i see i see barefoot wine is at is at uh uh, f- at 5k is doing pop-ups at yeah. at, run- at runs which is like seems like an awkward fit but yeah. um uh it's working and then and then you've got the whole wave of of the white claws and the sparkling yeah. the sparkling f- cider or sparkling uh, no. water alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that category is technically called but um I I think there's a, a lot of similarities with booze. Um they only go so far but then when you get into the nooks and crannies of of all the different spaces it's yeah. really uh you know that you've got microbrew is synonymous with with uh, uh, craft brands. I don't know. It, it holds holds water.
1: Yeah. No, it really does. And so, w- what are some of the brands? You know, I just mentioned Sticks. You know, and Cabana, and and I think you got a brand called Buku. And uh, so, yeah, talk to me about some of the brands and what you plan to do to make them household names
2: yeah so corova is the 800 pound gorilla for us yeah. uh, i think last year's top 10 in california um and, and last year was its first uh, real year in oregon and it, it's now taken oregon by storm so okay. crow corova, is a big focus point for us um okay. uh, uh and then you just mentioned a couple of the others mm-hmm. sticks is a value brand uh, in my head it's very very synonymous with like a bud light um, okay right there there's okay. no there's no confusion that you, if you buy a jar of sticks flour, uh, you're not expecting super premium indoor cannabis. You're, uh, the tagline is "good weed." You're expecting good weed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, pretty straightforward. And then uh, and then Cabana Cabana I, I line with like a Vuv Clico. I'm really I'm okay. really going all in on the alcohol comparisons here. But yeah, that's I've been okay. Thinking, I, I steered you there. Yeah, I mean, yep, the consumers yep. like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I've been thinking about the brands these ways for. <laughs> for years. So, so, you know, Cabana is baby blue. The mark is a flamingo mm-hmm. uh, it, it's light and it's really built on a uh, really interesting strains. Um, okay. You know, I, I think a lot of, a lot of brands or, or companies in the space is like everything going into it as a commodity commodity, and it's a matter of slapping a logo on it. And, yeah. and we, we try and uh, sprint away from that as much as possible um, for both for the consumer experience, as well as to establish actual, actual brands that actually matter in the eye of the consumer yeah
1: that's what i'm talking about so so uh, this cabana group is that's that's your boutique products
2: uh yeah and and really like there's a little bit of fragmentation between the the state markets on on cabana which is one of the challenges in this um but uh super high And Carova is is very high-end, but Cabana is more like it's the right strains. We think about it like it's food strains. It's it's stuff with really flavorful terps.
0: Okay.
2: and then Corova is built on a thousand milligram black bar, right? So an edible uh, that doubles as a horse tranquilizer. Um, and that, that, yeah,
1: Carova that's, that's yeah. you got to be careful.
2: Yeah, yeah that, that's a bad joke. I should probably stop telling. But with I mean, with recreational in California, all of a sudden, of course, you can't do that anymore. So that spurred right. that brand went from edible to okay into flower into vape into pre-roll and yeah. and everything in between. Yeah.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So, how would you want to leave us, Colin? And what would you like to say about unrivaled uh, as we as we sign off here?
2: I think uh, the the core tenet for as it as it concerns the consumer, it's consistency. And so, I think that's both what you can expect and what you should should be looking for when you're buying cannabis today, next year, and beyond. Yeah. and uh, uh besides that look for corova look for sticks uh look look for the brands uh if you're on our website there's a dealer map where you can where you can find them and i'm excited about bridging the gap with consumers from uh understanding weed being excited about federal legal legalization to right. going into stores and, and finding a brand that they want and a product that they want
1: no, absolutely. That's where we're headed. That's where we need to go. Colin Landforce, thank you very much. Colin Landforce is the chief technology officer at Unrivaled Brands. And he was our guest today. And uh, really, man, appreciate you uh, uh, coming on board and sharing with us. And I love your journey. Uh, definitely love it. Uh, I could I could see you probably started being an entrepreneur somewhere when you were four or five years old. <laughs> People just don't know. right. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show and all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Find Plant Profits. We are there. Thank you very much. Follow Protus Global on LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, all of the platforms of social media we are there and really take a look at how we're building companies and how we're changing people's lives at protisglobal.com that's p-r-o-t-i-s global.com until next time everyone cheers